Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here it is, a brand new January 27th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Flyers will be back in action Saturday when they take on the Los Angeles Kings at the Wells Fargo Center. One o'clock puck drop. Flyers will look to end a 13-game losing streak. And they need they would love to be playing tonight and have that opportunity, but they won't get that next opportunity uh, until Saturday against the Kings, who they lost 6-2 on that West Coast trip earlier this season. Now, the big news yesterday, of course, was that Chuck Fletcher and Dave Scott decided to meet with the media. It was a kind of a mid-season report, and a couple things popped out before we get to Chuck Fletcher for this episode. I had a chance to catch up with him briefly for one-on-one after the media availability, but do want to kind of accentuate a few things that were said in the press conference yesterday. Uh, first and foremost, uh, the opening statement of Dave Scott said, I just want to say a few words before we get into the Q&A, and I don't want to sugarcoat this. From where I sit, we're in a terrible spot right now. I can tell you I'm angry. I know our fans are more than angry, and the whole organization is angry. We're sick of losing. We talk about this every day. We've got to figure out how to right the ship. We have a winning culture going back to Ed Snyder, which was really instilled in all of us, and it's something I think about a lot lately. When we talk about winning, it's not just a winning record. It's winning the Stanley Cup and being a contender. That's really where we want to go. That's who we want to be. And as I look back to the start of the season, we had high hopes, really had high hopes. That really stuck out to me, uh, recognizing, yes, that the fans are angry, the organization and those who work on it. I'm sure angry and frankly, a bit embarrassed as well at how this has gone with two 10-game winless skids. Uh, Chuck Fletcher also spoke on uh, injuries with Ellis and Couturier to to update people on that. And Chuck Fletcher said that, and you'll hear this from him here as well, um, that the plan for both of them is they to come back if they can come back uh, to avoid surgery if surgery is avoidable. Uh, But they are going to do things keeping in mind that these players are ready for next year with no constraints. And that uh, this year, uh, if they can get them back, they will get them back. And if they can't, it will be about next year and making sure they're ready to go and not encumbering another season uh, with the team and with those players not being available next year for some sort of uh, fleeting benefit this season. Also talking about a rebuild, Chuck Fletcher said, everything's on the table. We're going to try aggressively to retool here. The trade deadline, typically, as you all know, the teams that are clearly going to make the playoffs are often looking to add guys and expiring contracts. The teams that aren't making the playoffs have a chance to maybe add some future assets, whether they be draft picks or prospects, and you do get the occasional hockey trade at the trade deadline. But we're at the 43-game mark. Right now, we're really focused on trying to win some games and get better. The math is daunting, so in that view, when the, if this continues – then clearly we're going to look to do what we can at the trade deadline to improve this team going forward. So a couple of the key things talked about there, including a conversation about Giroux. And uh, he said he spoke with Claude Giroux's agent, Pat Brisson. And uh, that's something that they're working through as well, as far as Giroux and that no move clause if he decides to waive it and be moved at the trade deadline. But let's get into it right now with the president, of hockey operations and general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers had some brief time to catch up with him, with him after a very long press conference and here's the conversation with Chuck Fletcher. Joining us right now in this episode of Flyers Daily is President of Hockey Operations and Flyers General Manager Chuck Fletcher. Chuck, I know it's been 
uh, a tough situation for you guys, but uh, are you holding up uh, as well as you could, all things considered? It's just been really disappointing, Jason. Um, really disappointed, you know, where we're at. Um, obviously, we still have half a season to go, but we've dug ourselves a big hole, and this isn't what we anticipated going into the year. So it's, I know, really disappointing for the fans. It's disappointing for ownership and the players, and, and uh, you know, I'm the guy that's uh, responsible for the team. So we're, you know, it, it was a pretty big disconnect. I just mentioned in the press conference between what we thought we would have and what we've had. And, and um, now we have to, first of all, stabilize, try to start winning some games. And then, and then second of all, start uh, finding solutions to, to make this team better going forward. And, and there will be opportunities. That's a good thing, but, you know, clearly there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, tough times this year and, and uh, it, it, it hasn't been fun at all. Chuck, are you surprised by because the word has been used uh, about the fragility of the team and their ability to kind of deal with adversity within a game, and it's just been something almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy to find a way to lose a game when you can potentially win it. Is that maybe the most surprising element of the on-ice product to you? Ah, uh, not necessarily. You know, I just thought early in the year that the, the biggest disappointment to me was I, I just really felt that you know, our structure and details had, had slipped. Um, we were spending too much time defending. We, we were struggling getting out of our zone. And, you know, I think we had a pretty good record up until around Thanksgiving, up until I think we lost to Boston just, just around Thanksgiving. Uh, we were close to a 600 winning percentage. We were right around the playoff bubble. We were winning, but I didn't like our process. I didn't really like the way we were playing. And, and from that time on, we've, we've nosedived. Um, you know, right now, I think it's a product of uh, – of, um, I mean, let's, let's be honest, guys are, guys are down. I mean, you, you lose every night. Um, you don't feel good coming to the rink. You, you have some guys that are trying too hard to make things happen. Like look at the winning goal against last night. We have a two on one shorthanded Lawton and Willman, and we don't get a shot on goal. Both guys go behind the net and end up giving up a four on two the other way. And they score a goal and, and, uh, you know, it wasn't because they didn't try. I mean, they had probably overtried and, and yeah. um, you know, just instead of being smart, being above the puck, not, you know, uh, it's great if you can score that goal, but we had killed off a penalty with seven minutes to go in the game at that point, which was a huge positive. And instead of building off that, uh, you know, we sort of make a, a rash decision and it ends up leading to a, a rush goal against that didn't have to happen. So we're making big mistakes at the wrong time. And, some of it's guys trying to do too much. Some of it guys are squeezing the stick and there's a real human element to this when you're, you know, you feel like you're getting kicked in the head every day and, and uh, you got to come back to work. And so I, you know, I don't think it's a character flaw or a, anything like that. It's, it's, it's a confidence issue right now, but you know, we put ourselves in this position by the way we played earlier in the year. You had six games in nine days, eight and 13. It's a lot of hockey. Um, as much as they physically tired, maybe they looked, especially in that second period of the Islander game, they looked emotionally tired. You get that sense? Yeah, I, I think our, well, there's no question last night that, you know, that was, as you said, back to back, three and four, four and six, five and eight, eight and 13. And and we've really played our big boys a lot of minutes. You look at you yeah. know, Giroux and Atkinson, Provorov, they're playing massive minutes, uh, playing every situation and, and, I think we had some tired guys last night, both mentally and physically. And and yet the interesting thing was, I, I agree, the second period we were snowed under. Uh, we couldn't get out of our zone. The Islanders were had a great forecheck. They were physical. And and 
and yet, even though we got our butt kicked that period, we only gave up the one power play goal against it. We kept it a 3-2 game, which, considering how we played, was a small victory. And Mayhew was able to score early in the third. We had a great start to the third. We tie it up, and and that's the frustrating thing about the goal I mentioned earlier, that you you know, you get a shorthanded two-on-one and, and you've killed the penalty and somehow you end up giving up a four-on-two rush goal uh, right at the end of the power play when when you'd already killed it off. You'd done a hell of a job killing it off and then you just give them one. And, and uh, But it, it's, uh, you know, we hey between now and March 10th, I think we have two road games. We have all kinds of time to practice, to rest, um, to get some injured guys back into the lineup. Uh, that was a really tough stretch we went through in more ways than one. And uh, But it's lightening up a bit here, and we have to find a way to win a game and take advantage of, of the lighter schedule to to get healthy, to, to work on things we need to work on, to clear our heads. And you know, we got to stabilize, win some games here, and then as we go forward, again, find solutions to make sure this doesn't happen again. I know you mentioned in your press availability that uh, Sean Couturier and Ryan Ellis, are, there's still evaluation going on there to see if they can come back this year. And, you know, the priority is to make sure they're ready for next year, whether that ends up requiring a surgery or something there uh, further for those two. Uh, but when you look at a, a player like Kevin Hayes, who's had the double core surgery and then had to go in to get uh, some maintenance done on that uh, with some drainage in his abductor, how important is it for him to come back, Chuck, this season, not only kind of to break through the scar tissue and get his game to a level to enter an offseason feeling good, but also from a mental standpoint with all he's been through? Yeah, that's been the shame. I mean, obviously, everybody knows, uh, you know, the passing of his brother and hockey is kind of a, you know, the refuge for him, the safe place. And, and uh, you can get away from 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 the real world a little bit and play hockey. And, and unfortunately, just uh, this injury just keeps rearing its ugly head. And, and uh, you know, it's in a tough place. Uh, uh, you know, every time you, you, you stride, you you know, you, you impact that area and, and we just haven't been able to get him healthy enough. Now he's had some infection issues. We're trying to drain the area. He's got some tubes in, um, you know, we're hopeful in a couple of weeks he can come back and play. But, you know, I guess my question is if, if he come back and play, is this just going to continue what he's been going through or can he come back and be relatively healthy? And, um, you know, we really, I'd love to have a healthy Kevin Hayes now, but, you know, certainly, you know, we need him next year, um, big time. And, and, and you want him to have a healthy year where he can play to his ability and not kind of chase it. And, you know, the unfortunate thing for Kevin was he missed training camp when he had the second surgery. Um, with the nature of the injury, it's hard to do extra skating uh, and, and, and sort of do those conditioning skates. So, you know, he's not in ideal hockey shape right now. And it's impacted his skating, both the injury and the lack of conditioning. And I mean, he hasn't been close to 100% all year, but but, uh, you know, physically it's been a challenge, but, you know, I, I just can't imagine what he's, he's gone through, uh, he and his family. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a, a write-off of a year for him so far, to put it mildly. Yeah, no question. Uh, I know you spoke in your press conference, you know, about the deadline and, and some big decisions that you have to make. And you mentioned that you spoke with Pat Brisson, who is uh, Claude Giroux's agent. I know he's got some other players on your team as well, kind of a super agent, if you will. And uh, Claude's got the no-move clause. Uh, but he's a player that can fetch you a nice return. And it'll be his decision ultimately because of the no-move clause. But in approaching this deadline in a very sideways season, how much business can you accomplish to kind of help you guys moving forward? Because you got to find the positive in a way of a sideways season. And, you know, that can be young players getting some ice time and really progressing and showing signs. But part of that can also get draft equity and, 
and some hockey trades perhaps even uh, to help you guys moving forward as an organization from a depth perspective. Yeah, that, that, those are all great points. And, and uh, you know, if it, you know, unless we can put a, a massive string of wins here together, I mean, we're, we're you know, we, the math is daunting for us to get back in this. We have half a season to play. And you know, first and foremost, I want to see us play, play better, uh, win more games, be a more competitive team. And, and, uh, and so we can fairly evaluate some of the players that we have. So there, there's going to be an internal evaluation process. And as some of these younger players get opportunities and some of the veteran players get opportunities to, you know, we, we're not going to change 20 players out. So we need to make decisions on who we feel can help us going forward and, and where we need to upgrade. Uh, but, you know, the trade deadline, you know, typically offers opportunities to, to get younger assets. You don't usually see as many hockey trades then. Sometimes you do. Uh, it's just a little bit harder sometimes where usually the contending teams don't want to give you much off their current roster. So they're, they're more likely to give you picks or prospects and, and try to maximize the talent they have on the roster. So typically those NHL player for player deals are a little harder to do. Uh, having said that, you know, we'll explore every option. We'll talk to every team. Uh, I've spoken to many teams already. Um, some teams are clearly know what they want to accomplish. There are a handful of teams. So they're kind of in the middle, I guess they, they want to see a little bit more. They want to see if they can hang in there. They want to see if they're still going to be there before they, they commit to a direction. So, you know, those conversations will continue and, um, you know, we'll do what we can to um, in, improve our team. And, and, uh, and then the summer, obviously, will be another opportunity as it is every year. Chuck, the, the, the dynamic changed a, a bit for you guys, because as you mentioned, the math is really difficult. While nothing's impossible, uh, it looks highly improbable at this point that a postseason for you guys is in the cards. And I think we all recognize that. Uh, but that changes your kind of conversations when it comes to making deals at the deadline or the remainder of the season, because now the, the element of desperation to fix your team is removed. Uh, does that change the tenor of conversations and speaking to other GMs? Because they, they like to take it. Nobody's going to do you a favor. They like to take advantage of a guy who goes that everybody knows needs something to fix it and to try and save it. But when that element is gone, it gives you a different kind of maybe a little bit more selective way of dealing with these conversations. Exactly. You know, and, and uh, now you're, you know, the market's always a little bit different every year at the trade deadline, but, you know, typically teams that are, are buying or, are looking to, to win the Stanley Cup and, and, and make a move. And, and uh, you know, there's opportunities there to, to, to you know, to, to help your organization going forward. So, you know, we're, um, you know, again, I've said it a few times that we need to win some games here. We need to get some stability, take the temperature down and, and just try to get to the process of making rational decisions about what we need to do and, and uh, get to a, a point where we're, you know, fairly evaluating the players here and, and fairly evaluating the opportunities and, uh, you know, that are available to us. So that, that's the goal to get to there and then make good decisions. And, and um, you know, when you have seasons like this, they're, they're painful, but there are opportunities to get better and we have to take advantage of it. I mean, we haven't taken advantage of, of, of winning enough games to put ourselves in a good spot. So we got to take advantage of the opportunities that should present themselves here in the next little bit. Uh, with your captain and Claude Giroux, one of the all-time great flyers in his final year, this could be, whether it's the trade deadline or the end of this season, it could be the end of the Claude Giroux era as a Philadelphia Flyer. And team identity, he's been a big part of that. And, and moving forward, I know you mentioned, you know, you need more high-end talent. That's part of it. And 
you know, when you make your next coaching decision, that's part of identity as well. What do, what do you want this identity of the Flyers to be kind of f- learning from this and moving forward? You want to add that high-end talent. Coach brings identity too. What are you kind of looking for in those regards? I mean, again, part of what you have to do is you have to look at the group you have and, and the type of team you have and, and try to mesh that with, you know, with a, with a coach that, that uh, has a style of play that fits the players too. You, you, you want to make sure it all jives. I mean, we, we have a lot of, a lot of time here to make those decisions. And, and uh, again, Mike Yo's been dealt a really tough hand and he's working hard to, you know, on, on fundamentals and, and details and getting this team playing a, in a more structured way. But, you know, ideally what you want, what I would like our team to look like is the way we did in 1920. We, we were a team that had the puck more than the other team. We were aggressive pressing up the ice and creating opportunities. We had depth of scoring throughout our lineup. You know, our bottom six was, was hard to play against, and, but yet contributed. Uh, you know, we, you know, we don't have that, um, we don't have Connor McDavid, I guess, to, 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 to make it better. We can't, we're not a team that's going to be reliant on a few players. We're going to be reliant on, on a group of quality players and players buying in, playing the right way and, and being a hard team to play against. And, and uh, you know, we will need to improve our depth. We'll, you know, we need to look at our size and competitiveness. We need to look at our skill. And, uh, you know, but as I mentioned earlier, the first order of business is to find out what we have here and, and not every player is a bad player in our group. We look bad right now, but there are some good hockey players here, and that's that's going to be up to our group to, to make sure we're, again, sorting out who's part of the solution and, and, and where we need to upgrade. Uh, last thing for you. Um, you know, you look at some of your younger players in your young core, whether it's Ivan Provorov, Travis Sanheim, Travis Konechny, obviously Carter Hart, part of that. Uh, but those guys, you know, the arc of development, the NHL is never a straight line. There's peaks and there's valleys, but at this point, are you disappointed in in some of, you know, the peaks and valleys and you know the the disparity between their their best game and maybe their not best game, you know, the bottom. You kind of want that gap to shrink so that their their worst game is not far off from their best game, but it doesn't seem like that's been the case. And is that more of a product of, you know, the way the team's going, or is that a little bit of a product of, of their own development? Well, it's, it's always everything, but I mean, you have to keep in mind, like I think Provorov played nearly 28 minutes last night, Mm -hmm. Sandheim 25 and 24 hours earlier, they had comparable type of minutes. So we're asking an awful lot out of our our top players. And and so I, I think you have to look at everything in context. It's, you know, if we had a deeper group right now around them where you're asking them to play uh, a more manageable role, then they're probably going to have a chance to be, more successful. So, uh, you know, I, look, I, I think there's been some inconsistency in the game of some of our young players. There's no question. Uh, you always want more, um, but these guys are good national hockey league players. I, you know, I've been particularly impressed with Carter this year. I think Carter's come back and played to a much better level than last year. And he's given us a chance almost every night. I mean, maybe he's had a a bad game or two, like literally one or two. Um, and, and, um, you know, I think goaltending's given us a chance nearly every night this year. Um, but, you know, some of our young players have been inconsistent. Some of our veteran players have been inconsistent. But I'd be a little careful judging them on the last couple of weeks when you're, again, you're, you know, I think Atkinson's playing 21, 22 minutes every night. Like, yeah, that's you know, a lot. That, that's a lot. And, and um, he can handle it. But, you know, you go through an 8 and 13 and, 
and you wonder why somebody doesn't have a lot of juice one night, that's, that's the reason why, but, but, uh, yeah, I, I look, everybody needs to be better. Um, starting with me, obviously I gotta be a lot better, but everybody's gotta be better. And, and you don't get in one of these streaks playing great. I mean, obviously we're, we, we're, we're not nearly, you know, not near where we need to be. Yeah. There's a cumulative effect to that, you know, and slotting and everything else as well and, and missing yep. so many key members. Uh, I, I know people don't want to hear it and fans don't want to hear it. It is a reality though, when you're missing, you know, one C, two C, four C, top pairing, right side defenseman. There is an effect on that, and and you've said it. It's not an excuse, but um, there is definitely an effect on that. What's the latest on Joel Farabee, real quick? Well, Joel, uh, you know, hopeful upper body injury. Um, it's not as serious. I mean, every injury is serious, but it's not a, a, a injury that needs surgery or um, it, it's a rehab type of injury. So, you know, hopefully coming out of the All Star break, I think. Um, you know, immediately coming out of the all-star break, I think Patrick Brown and Derek Broussard should be candidates to be players. And then, uh, you know, maybe shortly after that, maybe whether it's a week or two weeks after that, um, you know, I think Farabee and, and hopefully Kevin Hayes could be candidates. And, and then uh, uh, Wade Allison could be either right after the break or a week or two after. Uh, so you, you could have four or five guys coming back, you know, the Couturier's, Ellis's, Thompson's, um, you know, these guys are, are longer term, um, but, you know, it, it's uh, we got some guys I think we can get back by, by mid-February, hopefully. Well, Chuck, thanks for doing this. I know things are, are sideways for you guys, and moving forward is going to be uh, some really important decisions that you're going to have to make and the organization. Thanks for taking the time, as always. We appreciate it, and stay well. Yeah, thank you for the time, Jason. Thanks to Chuck Fletcher for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. I could have spoke to him for 45 minutes. Uh, didn't have that much time yesterday. Uh, a lot of work to be done, as you can imagine. Uh, but we do appreciate the time he was able to give us here on Flyers Daily. Uh, Flyers will be back at it on Saturday. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we'll have another brand new episode of Flyers Daily. So tune in for that. In the meantime, everybody have a great Thursday. We'll talk to you on tomorrow's Flyers Daily.